0: Hey folks, just letting you know that in this episode, Jim and, and I discuss rape, sexual assault, and other forms of violence. If that is challenging for you, I recommend that you check out a different episode. Thanks so much. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, Danielle Bezalow. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, join my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind the scenes content, private sessions with yours truly, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of my favorite brands at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you wanna partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Here's a not-so-fun fact about bottoming. Did you know that 90% of people use tap water to prepare for bottoming? What's the issue with this, you may wonder. I didn't know this myself before learning from future methods, so don't worry, we're in this together. Tap water and store-bought enemas can cause damage, dehydration, and irritation to the cells within your rectum. So if you use these, you are then opening yourself up to tears in the anus which can cause higher instances of STI and HIV transmission, as well as other anal issues and injuries like fissures. So where on the spectrum should your solution be? The answer, isotonic and iso-osmolar. Translation, it's formulated for maximum compatibility with your body's natural chemistry, which means it works better for preparing the bottom. That's why Future Method's anal douche powder packs are perfect for easy and worry-free prep. It also contains panthenol, the moisture marvel ingredient that helps calm as it hydrates, and licorice root extract known for its soothing properties. It lets your preparation truly cleanse rather than stripping your butt of its essentials. Shop for Future Method's Isotonic Wash now at futuremethod.com and get 15% off with code SEXEDWITHDB. Let me tell you about one of my favorite sex toy shops out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you all about them. Lion's Den first opened its retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they have grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S., building its reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff. Their staff are also sexual wellness experts who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They're simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lions Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lions Den toy now. Hey, college students, let's break the ice and talk about masturbation. Dorms are crowded and you have roommates. You barely have any space for yourself and your pleasure. One place of refuge where you can get alone time is the shower. So how about a vibrator and premium razor and one discreet product that you can nonchalantly take with you in the shower? Well, Freya just came to your rescue with a razor that delivers an incredible shave. And when the razor head comes off, the handle becomes a clitoral vibrator. I know, genius, right? Freya is perfectly angled and weighted for shaving and vibing. Vulva owners rejoice. Use code sexedwithdb to get 20% off of your Freya. And for a limited time, enter to buy one Freya and get one for your bestie for free. Enter to win at highfreya.com sexedwithdb now and follow Freya on IG and TikTok at Crave Freya. Good morning, Jim and Nico. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. I got a smoothie. I'm ready to talk. Ready to roll. What flavors are we rolling (laughs) with today in your smoothie?
1: Um, you know, we have little berries that were going bad. I use a banana protein powder. So it kind of just sets the palette for everything.
0: Good. I like that. Yeah. 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 I'm into Thank that. Do you like, I like peanut butter a lot in my smoothies. If that's- I do.
1: I do a peanut butter and I've also been putting collagen in because oh. we're aging. Of course. And so I need to take care of my body. <laughs> sure.
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the natural person's Botox. I don't know about you. A lot of my friends are, are getting Botox nowadays. It's very, very popular. And very I love it for
1: them. I'm like, look, I'm like, should I be doing this? Like, right, like My sure roommate got different. microneedling done. okay. I was like, should I look like a vampire too? Sure, Is sure. What we're doing, really good questions that we're
0: asking ourselves on the daily. <laughs> Welcome again to the podcast. Um I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your work for those of us listening who are interested in hearing all about you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I always like to preface it with, I'm going to say a few hard things. Okay. So let's just take a breath just in and out. Okay. So I always say that I am a child of trauma. My mother was killed in front of me when I was one years old. And that is kind of how it all started. I was raised by her grandparents, her grandparents, whew, my grandparents, her parents, <laughs> and they were very honest with me. They let me explore in all of my interesting ways From knowing what happened to my mother, I wanted to work with domestic violence survivors. So I ended up, fast forward, fast forward, I ended up going to college for criminal justice because I thought I had to be a detective because Law & Order SVU, right in here. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, your burnout rate is not like on television. That's not real. And it was very, it's pretty tricky. I ended up getting raped my third year of college And I always like to say that I was raped instead of sexually assaulted because sexual assault is the umbrella and rape is underneath it. And because I've been raped once, but I've been sexually assaulted more times than I can account for, which led me to spiraling, getting kicked out of school, which was the best thing. It was the best thing that I needed to get away from that space, honestly. And then I went back to school for psychology and everyone was like, oh my God, duh. And I was like, why didn't anyone say this? We could have saved time and money. y'all. Someone should have (laughs) intervened. They could have, they could have, right? And I became a rape crisis counselor. That was the first volunteer job that I did. And I think that truly changed my life. Also noting, I didn't share that I had been raped for seven years. And so I was working through my own things and working in mental health and like truly understanding everything that was happening with me, for me, around me, with other people. I am so excited by brains, Um, our biggest sex organ. It truly excites me. And while going through working in mental health, I worked with juveniles. I worked with elderly people. I worked in eating disorders. I worked in dual diagnosis, AKA mental health and addiction. I kind of did the whole gamut. And then I had multiple burnouts because it's intense. So one day I was like, I need a job that is ever evolving and never boring. And I was like, oh my God, sex. My grandmother, who I call mom, she was like, oh God. What the hell? Or and she goes, are you gonna be selling your pussy? And I said, I don't think so, but I'll get back to you. Thank you for the Um, inquiry. (laughs) Turns out, wasn't selling my pussy; just giving away for free, like a lot of us. Uh, (laughs) And I truly loved the idea of like sex ed. I didn't have good sex ed. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yes, we will. By the way, it, it was always people talking about the lubes and the condoms and all the things. And I'm like, what about the people that like can't get there? because most of us are survivors of some type of trauma and percentage wise, you know, one in six guys, one in six men, one in three women, which none of those numbers will be reported correctly because a lot of people don't report. They don't look at sexuality. They don't look at different genders. They only see certain things. So we'll never have that true number, which makes me think there's a lot of people that can't actually have the sex that they would like to get to, or, you know, they've had things slow them down. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's my jam. I love hard conversations. I love seeing people squirm and get to the point that they're like, oh, shit. I love oh, shit moments. So being able to combine my mental health background with sex ed. So I've been doing this for which seems really wild, 14, almost 15 years now. Oh, my now. gosh. You're, you have a big anniversary coming up. <laughs> it's wild. But I honestly think it's the biggest gift and the best career that honestly I've created for myself because I truly just be like making it up yeah <laughs> with a good skill set and a good background so I did end up going back to school for my graduate degree I went to school to be a therapist and was like ooh don't love this so I have like four classes left to be a therapist no desire <laughs> I, I did Whoa. go back for health okay. psychology. But health psychology for me made more sense working with survivors because it's a holistic thing as medical doctors. They're like, here's your body. And psychology is like, here's your brain. I'm like, I can't separate though. So why are we having conversations Mm. that are separate? So we get to look at it that way and alternative medicine, because I also understand how expensive medication is and how, I don't know if you've heard Adderall's, people are losing it. They can't get their medication. Like there has to be other things that people have used before so that- Made me want to study that, and I've actually gone back for my second master's. Oh, my studying God. law what? with a focus in criminal justice, it's full circle with a rape investigation certification. But I'm taking two quarters off to catch my breath.
0: <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay, so w- yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, first of <laughs> all, um, I really appreciate you sharing your story and yeah, the this like full circle moment. It seems like you. Maybe have a push and pull with academia, or you know, who
1: does it? Sure, Listen. yeah.
0: There's a lot to it. The papers, it's the papers. It's, yeah, don't I don't like that. Yeah, I I uh, got my master's degree in public health and graduated in May 2020, right at the beginning of that pandemic Congrats. online. So that's great. Blessed be, Bl- yes. <laughs> blessed be the fruit. But yeah, it sounds like you're finding your niche over creating it over the last 15 years. And then you found maybe something that you're most interested in and like is most calling to you with this second master's. Do
1: you want to hear the truth? Please. The reason that I honestly want to do this, it's motivated by being able to get in someone's face that's trying to harm people, aka the police, and being like, one of us went to law school and we know the actual law, let's have a conversation. Mm. Yeah, It's just how I can keep surviving (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or as I say, just put my dick on the table. Um, <laughs> I like yeah, that too. It, I think it's truly helpful because most of us don't know the laws. Because, fun fact, it's really going off vibes. Like the first book I read, it was like, most people that have written these don't agree with them. So it depends on the day. I sat at my desk for an hour just raging. like yeah. So it's off vibes and feelings. <laughs> like,
0: right. Or just like how well you can argue something. Ba- like it's just so... Yeah. all about show, right? Like lawyers are very good at like, Peacock. or yeah, yeah, exactly. Like public speaking and persuading people. And, you know, it's just that part of it, you're right, really is not talked about enough. And it's very much open to interpretation, right? Silly. Yeah. Very silly. Okay. Okay. You mentioned sex ed briefly. I would really like to know what <laughs> yeah. was your sex ed like growing up? Like where are you from? Give me a, a bit of your background, right? Like where you grew up, what your community yeah. was like there. And then let's talk about whether or not, I mean, spoiler alert, it probably wasn't, but trauma-informed. And <laughs> what what does trauma-informed sex ed look like? It's a three-parter, I suppose.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. I might forget some of it. We'll work through it. I'll, I'll repeat. Um, don't worry. Thank you. so supported here. <laughs> um, I am from Riverside, California. Honestly, we are known for meth and racism. That's on your license plates. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping it cash. I do remember having sex ed in like sixth grade and then again in like middle school or high school. But it basically was kind of like Mean Girls, that scene where they're like, you have sex, you get pregnant, you die. And I was like, oh, God. It wasn't very informative. It was a super outdated film. It was very heteronormative. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me. But... I have always been a reader and I've recently got back into reading for fun, <laughs> literally yesterday, uh, <laughs> because I've been reading for school for so long. Right. And my grandparents were always like, oh, we've already done this. Like they had four daughters before. I'm sure they're exhausted. And they're like, oh, you like to read? Whatever book you want, we'll pay for it. Well, whatever. So I don't I don't know if you remember back in the day, Delia's and Aloy catalogs, like those magazines. I loved Delia's. I, that yes. was like my thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, I didn't really like books. fit into their clothes. Like I'm like a mid-sized person who was always like pretty chubby as a kid. And I was always like, oh, Delia's. And then I just like wouldn't fit into their clothes, but very
1: much thought it was a cute yeah. store. I always had breasts until recently. I got a breast reduction. Oh, so good for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And so they had a book and it was like this beautiful pink book and it was a sex book like for oh. teenagers. And it had like oh. so much information in it. I actually bought it for my goddaughters. And so one of them is getting a little older. She's 10. She's getting body hair and she's like, I don't want tits. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So they have like a whole sex ed section. And so for me, that's how I learned that. And because I had HBO in my bedroom with a closed door.
0: Mm-hmm. Real sex. At night.
1: They re- I know sex. at night? Yeah. Yes, learned so much. much.
0: Oh my gosh, I had the same experience. Like when I stayed at my, my parents are divorced. And when I stayed at my dad's like one weekend a month, he would go to bed and like we would be downstairs and just like scrolling through. And then there would just be (laughs) literally... Just mm-hmm. for listeners, we are literally like putting our hands over <laughs> our eyes, but very clearly peeking through. Peaking. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there would just simply be porn on HBO after a certain yeah. hour. And I can't this believe- it came on at like 10
1: o'clock. I'm like, that's not even late.
0: What are we like doing their now? team, their marketing team wasn't like, mm, maybe youth shouldn't yeah. have access to porn, like not that late at night. Anyway, please continue.
1: I learned so much though, right? Like there's this, you, well, there's things I probably didn't need to know at that time, but right. real sex- Taxicab Confession, Red Shoe Diaries, the Bunny House Ranch were educational for me. What's the Bunny House Ranch? (laughs) I don't know. It was in Nevada. It was a brothel. Okay. And so I learned a lot about sex work. Uh, Okay, good stuff or maybe not. It was great. It was great. It was educational. It was like, it took away the idea and the, the taboo of like, everyone is forced into sex work and everyone is harmed and they hate it and all these things. I was like, Oh, she having fun. She's cool. Like, and there was conversation. So I kind of learned early on how to have conversations. Now, was I good at them? Absolutely not. But I was like, that's an option. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like
0: that was a pretty good experience.
1: Yeah. It. It was all. It was very, like I said, very heteronormative. It wasn't queer at all. I don't think I really learned a lot. Also, they don't like focus on any type of pleasure. They don't actually talk about periods and things for those that get them. Like, you know, we get them and we're like, what? Oh God, we're here now.
0: I know. It is this like very embarrassing thing. I remember I got my period when I was 12 and it was just like such. I was like 11. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I know. Isn't that kind of wild? Cause you think about like the fact that people, I mean, like anti-sex ed folks, right. Or like ab only sex ed folks who are just like, yeah, that's too young. It's like, no, like people need to have this information about their bodies simply because it's actually, not only, but because it's actually happening to them. And it's scary if you don't know. I started growing breasts at nine.
1: Yeah. Little, little boops. By yeah. the time I was 12, I was the only one wearing a bra, right? Because of lack of information and understanding. And I was tall. I've been like five, five, I'm like five, eight now, but I was like five, six, but everyone was like five, three. It was a lot happening And if I had seen different representation, that different bodies existed, I think I would have had a better time. Yes. Yeah, Um, And then was it trauma-informed? Absolutely not. Was there more trauma provided? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And for me, trauma-informed sex ed is like, one, you know, checking in with the students. For me, asking them where they know, because I think trauma is also meeting people where they are. And giving them the right to kind of not make a claim, but like state what they're feeling and ask questions, and holding space for them and like protecting them versus like shaming them, which people love to do. I've been shamed as a grown up getting an STI test. Like maybe we shouldn't have sex with that many people. And I was like, <laughs> game time! <laughs> like, oh my I god! the tester said that, a whole doctor, and I was like, ma'am. How about I teach sex ed and I probably know more than you. And I'm polyamorous, have conversations, use two types of birth control, test me because I'm smart.
0: Oh, miss. It's just like, what the heck? What is, what's the point of that? It's like, that's just their own shit that they're bringing to the table of like, okay, that doctor, whoever feels like they didn't receive like the correct sex ed. And then it's just a domino effect of whoever they interact with. Is going to feel that way when it comes to testing. When in reality, like we know that at this day and age, like STIs are manageable and some are curable, and they happen, and they are just like any other sickness that we should just tend to. Most of us have herpes. Most of us have HPV. Literally, not talking about how most of us have herpes. Literally,
1: listen. They don't test for it either. Unless you ask for it, let's have that conversation,
0: y'all. Yes, and unless you have a lesion, right? It's kind of hard to test for herpes because if you test for herpes in the blood, it could show up positive. But a lot of people have it and are asymptomatic or just never get a lesion. Like, what is it? It's like more than fifty percent of the global population has. Yeah, it's like fifty like to
1: sixty. Yeah, I was just reading about it this week.
0: Like one in two people. That's like, you know, if you get a cold sore in your mouth, that is herpes. Like, and we just don't talk about that. Thank you so much for I bringing I think we that just up.
1: freaked out some people. It's okay, y'all. Listen. It's a, just take a deep breath. It's totally fine. It's yeah. totally fine. But I do think it is informational to know when you're getting your STI test, ask them what they're testing for. Because, right. you know, also, unfortunately, some places test for different things. And so, you know, ask for a full panel and then ask what's on your full panel.
0: Mm. To be most informed and really know what's coming. because also
1: you might be seeking something else and they don't even test for it. You're like, that's not, okay, yes, yes. But like, I wanted this specific test and they might not even be testing you for it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there is so much to be said about like the fact that, you know, first of all, we know that in school, we're not getting regular sex ed, right? Like that needs to be solved first. If there also could be a class that was taught about like patient advocacy and like the way in which that we yeah. need to, as patients, advocate for our healthcare, that is something that's so important and incredibly essential to the way in which that we interact with our healthcare system.
1: Truly. And, you know, they thrive on shame. Yeah. That's their whole a business lot of- model. It is right. Like if we really take a step back and look at why a lot of us struggled, like say coming out or whatever, like I didn't I hate the idea of coming out. I didn't tell people I was bisexual or understand my sexual identity, orientation, all the things until I was able to like get out of other people's shame spirals of like, well, you shouldn't do this. Like there's a lot of us that could be living a whole lot happier if other people's shame hadn't attached to us. Completely. Yeah. And it's
0: so dependent on, like, culture and media messages and, like, just, like, the things that we're reading and looking at. And, you know, it's, it's very much intertwined in all of those things. Yeah. I'm going to get real with you all right now and talk about sex with ourselves, a.k.a. masturbation. Masturbation is an incredible way to feel good in your body, really get to know your wants and needs, decrease stress, and get better sleep. Simply put, it brings us pleasure. Who doesn't love getting pleasure, especially in this super duper stressful world we're living in today? Something that personally brings me a lot of pleasure is Uberlube. I've been using Uberlube for years now, and I cannot recommend it enough. I use Uberlube because it lasts super long I like that it's compatible with condoms, and you can use it for other purposes, like to prevent chafing, which athletes love, and it can even go in your hair to tame, detangle, smooth, and condition it. Pretty freaking cool if you ask me, and hairdressers think so too. If you want to give Uberlube a try, join me in using it for pleasure. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Magic Wand's story begins in 1968, a full year before we landed on the moon and about six months before bell-bottoms were trendy the first time. This is when the Magic Wand, the original personal massager, was first introduced, and I am so glad it was. No one expected that this unassuming device would soon become one of the world's most recognizable products. The Magic Wand original exemplifies the phrase icon, and now it shares the spotlight with three equally impressive models. Magic Wand Plus, a corded variable speed massager, Magic Wand Rechargeable, a cordless multifunction device, and the first ever Magic Wand Mini a new, compact, adorable, rechargeable massager. Every product that bears the Magic Wand name features the legendary power and historic pleasure that took the world by storm more than half a century ago. My personal favorite Magic Wand is the original. They sell millions every year and for good reason. It's powerful and brings so much pleasure in all the right places. Want to get a discount on this amazing powerhouse? Go to sexedwithdb.com magicwand to learn more. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Me and my partner exit our ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code sexedwithdb at lionsden.com. Okay. So you kind of mentioned that, you know, trauma informed is maybe this like umbrella where it's like, okay, people are asking questions. There's not shame. There's no judgment. It's like meeting people where they're at. And it feels like trauma responses of like the ways in which, you know, that we engage with our trauma or triggered and like have trauma responses is very like misunderstood by society. And so I'm wondering what you wish that people understood about how people react and respond to sexual assault or other violence and trauma that they might experience.
1: Well, first, I I always like to note that we can be triggered by any of our five senses. People go, wait, what? And I'm like, I know. But also... You can be grounded by any of your five senses. So say there's a smell that like sets you off and puts you back into a space. And we'll talk about the word triggered because I'm tired of everyone just throwing it around all willy-nilly. It'll take you back to that space. And that's being triggered, y'all. Being triggered isn't being like, oh, I'm having such a rough day, I'm triggered. Nope, nope, didn't take you back to a time where you weren't able to process, where you felt stunted, where you were harmed. Like it puts you physically, emotionally, spiritually in that space and it's you're recanting it. If that's not happening, honey, you're probably just having a bad day. Right. Um, So that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. And I wish that people just had more information on how trauma shows up so differently for different people. And that if you start to notice maybe someone acting a little differently, maybe just check in with them. Because oftentimes we don't even know that we are activated, that we are in our own trauma space. and That is hard, right? Because it is taking us back to not being in control, not understanding what's happening with us. And I think society is scared of that. Mm. If we're being honest, right? Like I do a lot of work with the homeless or the houseless, however you refer to them. And a lot of them are having psychosis. People are like, they're all drug addicts and all these things. Let's be honest. Drugs on the street are a lot cheaper than medication. Mm. And that is a shitty thing to say. It's also a shitty realization when I was like, oh my God, I've never been homeless Bless, blessing. Thank you. I'm thankful for that. But also, I don't know what tomorrow brings, right? Like, And if that is their coping to be able to survive every day and noting that being triggered or struggling with trauma, every day is different. Like you might be having a great day and the next day you're like, this ain't it. Like I can't get out of bed. and. Medication is great for some people and talk therapy is great for someone. Stop fucking telling everyone that they need talk therapy. Mm. It's not for everyone.
0: Can you talk more about that? I'm curious to hear what you, because I (laughs) I definitely am one of those people who thinks that everyone would benefit from some kind of therapy, but maybe it's not talk there. I don't know. Could you just speak more on that?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So I am definitely someone, especially with sexual trauma, any type of physical trauma, It affects our bodies. Bruises, internal, external, things can break, things can be ripped. We can bleed internally, externally. The emotions may come out externally, internally. So why are we only, again, looking at the thoughts? Yeah, we can have thoughts, but, you know, as Bessel says, the body does keep the score. Our bodies do hold on to trauma. And a lot of us hold trauma in our shoulders, in our guts, in our bowels, in our hips. And people go, what? I asked my friends, when's the last time you had a bowel movement? They're like, what? I was like, when's the last time you pooped? They're like, um, I don't know. I'm like, you've been stressed? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, you holding on to some stuff, literally? <laughs> They're like, oh, what? And so for hmm. me, it's the reminders of there are other modalities. I think that somatic therapy is really great for some folks. I think being able to visualize is great for some folks. So maybe like an EMDR type of therapy to be able to put yourself in there and recalculate, re-go through some situations. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it a form of talk therapy? Also, yes. Spirituality is a form that helps people. I went spiritual before I did talk therapy and other things. Yoga can be a, a spiritual practice and a body movement practice for a lot of people. And so for me... Yes. I think talk therapy is cool for some people. Do I offer that? When I tell people, I'm like, this is an option. Yes. But also when I work with individuals, they have homework after. And so Mm -hmm. we're doing talk therapy and they have assignments to keep going. And some of those assignments are make a playlist that makes you feel good in your body. And every morning as you're getting dressed, play it because we're going to start shaking some of that shit off. Like there's different things that you can do. I also think that a lot of us, whether it be the first place we learn things, our homes, our families, or society that oppresses us, school. School is hard, right? Especially yes. middle school. I don't know what's going on. Middle school is full of assholes. Um, really, is. middle school is hard. Jobs when you become a grown up, which no one tells you about this shit. It's rough. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of different things that work for people. And so I am someone that goes, try it out. You're allowed to break up with your therapist. It's a relationship. If it's not fitting, release it.
0: Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. I totally hear you in that, like maybe that method of therapy or like that practice isn't good for everybody, but there could be something. Basically it's just like do whatever works for you and you know whatever form of like Healing or reflection, or like the ways in which that we're thinking about how we're processing really hard things in this world. You know, that's the point though, right? Is that like they should be processed somehow because there's so, especially, you know, we're literally like still in a global pandemic. Three years later, our economy (laughs) is horrific. Like the, you know, workers are like, there's going to be an uprising, you know, there, you, you can just kind of feel like the anxiety that just people have. And have had for a long time. Let alone the fact that there's an election uh, in six days. That, yeah, so it's sh- it's stressful. It's really, really stressful, and it's super important for people to be able to have an outlet for processing mm-hmm. that stress and anxiety.
1: We're very avoidant. Yes, we and we have so many things now. Like my friends, like, oh my god, you have to watch this show and watch this show. But I'm like, no. I just, there's so many distractions. Like, why are there like 3,000 apps on the television upstairs so I can be like, oh, well, what app do I have to go to for this show? Truly what has helped me like to do a hard reset of my life, I do 10-day silent retreats.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. I've
1: (laughs) I've done two. I did one right before the pandemic. I did one last November and I'm on the wait list for one, maybe this month or next month oh my God, you can't get enough. You love them. They No, I don't. No. It it is the best gift I have given myself and the hardest thing because there are no distractions. You don't get to read, write. You don't talk. You don't look anyone in the eye except like you have two people you can talk to, your group leader and the meditation person if you need any support. And that's it. It's just you. There is no avoidance. When it's just you, you're just like, oh, I'm so tired of me. Day five, I was like, I'm so tired of me. Like, yeah, what do you do?
0: do, Like if you can't
1: do any of those things, you meditate, you meditate, you, you know, every day is different. And the wildest part to me, the first time I did it, the day three, I was like, I could leave. This is bullshit. Why am I here? What is this is wild. And then I was like, no, you're here for a reason. Every day you magically go through a different part of your life nothing like exit on you're just like oh today we're processing family today we are processing past relationships today we're processing our own stuff and then you like get up early you eat you walk you process you do group meditation single meditation group meditation single meditation you have lunch you have group meditation single meditation it's wild so it's
0: a lot of like ref- it's just ref- not just but All it's just a lot of reflecting yeah
1: you're in you're in Tendies. you're in these it's really twelve, but oh, yes, oh my god, I,
0: <laughs> that's intense! I think that yeah. I've only heard of like those kinds of retreats in the context of you can read and read and write, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a big difference between not being able to like again distract, right? I mean, writing mm-hmm. is is a form of reflection, but can be
1: a distraction, I guess. I think they don't want you to write, so you go back and like linger on it, like you go back and read it,
0: right? Right, right, Because then you go back
1: and you're like in the cycle versus in your head. You're like, I just want to get through it. Fine. I'll stay with it.
0: Fine. Yes, I have to. Right. It's like there's no no other thing. Wow. Okay. And do you feel like those, I mean, clearly you do because you're on the wait list. I was going to (laughs) say, like have been like transformative for you and like change your outlook on certain things or what, what have they like done for you?
1: Vipassana, because that's the, the style it is, Vipassana for me has allowed me to really connect with my body because it's also a lot of just like understanding how your body moves, how you react. And I have been someone that has chronic pain in my body for like the past 10 years. And so it helps me to actually like sit and identify like, oh, where's the pain at? Okay, this is temporary. It is subsided. I can go with my day kind of thing. Mm. And it truly forces you to stop. Like, when's the last time you had just like an intentional slow rest where you were reflective? It allows me to get out of my way too, because I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm like fast moving. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. And my friends and family are like, are we not going to celebrate this thing you did? I'm like, eh, it's over. I'm on to the next thing. They're like, what, what, what? We want to celebrate. And I'm like, don't have time. We're moving, we're moving. And it forces you to stop. I am busy. Yeah. Like, I remember the last one I sat outside and there was... You can feel people around you. Like you could see people, but you're not supposed to eye gaze them. Like there was someone who I found out later, because you do get to talk at the end. She was like near me. And I remember I was sitting there and I was like, Where am I? Where have I been? Like, who is this person? I was 34. So I was like, I'm becoming 35 soon. Like, what have I been doing? Like, what does this work look like? And I sat there and I was like, whoa, you've done a lot. Like I got into sex ed at 28, I'm 35 now. I was like, you've done a lot in these few years. And I like sat there and cried because I was like, you have lived past what we thought we could do mm. in so many ways. And then I just like sobbed for 10 minutes and I was like, okay, wow. And then you also talk to yourself a little bit. It gets, <laughs> like, sure, it, it does. People are like, do you talk to yourself? And I said, I talk to myself here, of course. Yeah,
0: you have to, to like, you know, get through the hard things. I think you be, you have to become your own friend, right?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's also good as long as no one sees you. Cause I know I was in there like laughing to myself. I'm sure they were like, <laughs> this bitch is wild.
0: <laughs> Everyone's like, are, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Okay. That is, thank you for telling me all that. I like, have never, yeah, done. And it's free. Oh, they're free.
1: That's the part people was like so it was like thousands i was like it was free you donate what you can at the end wow
0: and is, how's the food i mean how are the sleeping vegetarian because okay. they want you
1: to cleanse your body and like sure. really just focus the food's delicious i it's food so god I, go uh, I did research on the food before i went the first time the food was amazing the accommodations vary the first time i was in a cabin with six other women with a sheet Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But then this last time I had a cat, like a little cabin by myself with my own bathroom. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they're all over the world. So like every accommodation looks different.
0: Interesting. I definitely am intrigued and would love to do more research on it. I always like, well,
1: tell me more. Yeah. What's the name of it again? Vipassana, I'll send it to you. Vipassana.
0: Okay. We'll do that offline. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, back to our back to our other things that we have to talk about. Okay. So you, as you said in your reflection, you've done a lot and are doing a lot <laughs> in this work. And so, you know, you have a podcast, you have education work, you're a media consultant and trauma expert for yeah. film and television. Like, let's get into that. Like, I'm curious to hear how you got into that work. And like why having this trauma-informed approach in these depictions of film and TV is incredibly
1: important. Let's start backwards. I think it's important again because most of us have trauma. And especially in like film and media, trauma sells, does it not? And so they're putting these people acting in these spaces that have had real things happen, and they're like, I can act like this, and also I'm like, ah! So I currently co-own a training company for intimacy coordinators. We're actually revamping everything right now, Exciting. so stay tuned for that. Because you know, there's a power dynamic in film and media and things like that where people want to keep their jobs. People threaten them, like if you don't do this thing, you're not never going to work again. I live in LA, the outskirts of LA, and it's very it's very LA. Okay. I always say that there's certain places that are kind of like mirages or simulations because like rules exist here that don't exist other places. Mm. And so it's it's very LA and how I got into it was being in LA I was like, "You know what? I feel like I should do something." I got into casting. I did PA work. Also for me, it's so interesting. I'm am a watcher of humans and I'm like, "This is best people watching." True. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it is who you know. I had friends that were like, I think you'd be really good at this. And I was like, I don't know. And my friend was like, just try this consulting thing one time. Like, I did it for free for like a Fox TV show just to see if I could do it. And I was like, oh, I'm actually, real. they were like, we've never had anyone come in with like printouts and information. This is amazing. And I was like, oh, this took like five minutes. And I was like, what the hell am I missing on? <laughs> I could make money doing this. Yeah. And it's also kind of how like I've created you know, kind of where I've been. The consulting is because I like to think that I'm somewhat easy. I'm a goofball. Um, easygoing. I am theatric. Apparently my friends like to remind me, but I'm a regular person. Like starstruck is okay, cool. I happen to have a lot of friends that are in different industries, acting, professional wrestling, which I love, which we can talk about. Oh my God, and like fun. all of these spaces And they're like, you're really good at like handling things. Or even when they would talk to me, they'd be like, you just, you just figured that out so fast. Like we could use that. And so when I was asked to do intimacy coordination, I was like, no, don't want a new career, but I can help. Like, I think having people that are trauma informed on these sets that can show up, you're having a moment that can step in when you feel like you can't, I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I got into that stuff. And the consulting, probably because I've been in school forever and they're like, you know, a lot of things. And I'm like, do I? And then I spit information and like, I've had best, the same best friends since I was like 12 and 15. They're like, you know, my best friend the other day who I've known since I was 15, she was like, you know, when I look at you, you're just regular. But then I hear you talk, and I'm like, oh, she's brilliant. And I'm like, so you just, you just think I'm a basic bitch regular days, <laughs> or what are we doing here? And she's like, well, kind of, but like, you know, things and I see why people hire you to come in because you're personable. You make the hard conversations, not hard. Like I think the way that I approach it, I think we should have laughter because sad shit, we can, we got enough sad shit. Like why do we have to just be sad? Like people assume that sexual assault survivors are all sad and locked in their rooms and never want to be touched again. And I'm like, what? Like some people, yeah. And I think that's okay. But also there's other people that are like, get back on the horse can I find some support? Can I have information? Like that kind of thing. And for me, that is why I got into this, to be that fun person, to connect with people and also show them that there is another side, right? Like there's people that talk about trauma and they start talking really slow and they drop their voice. And I'm like, why? Wake up. What are we doing? Are we taking a Shake nap? Shake it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shake it
0: up a yeah. little bit. Yeah.
1: Just like a bit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I completely relate to what your friend was saying, not in that you're basic any, in any way, but that you, yeah, you, I could see like you, you know, entering a room full of people and making everyone feel really at home, like in their bodies and really comfortable. And I think that feeling is so necessary when you're you know, on a set or you're, you know, there's a lot of people involved and everyone needs to really be on the same page. And I do think there's maybe this stereotype around this work around like, okay, well, like I'm a little like hippie and we're all just going to like take deep breaths. And it's like, okay, yeah, right. Maybe some people that's their approach, but like, let's just like get into it. Let me give you the information that you need to know. And like, let's just like fucking go for it and see how, how it feels. And yeah, like teaching people stuff that they weren't even aware of in the first place yeah. is critical and
1: really, yeah, amazing. It's fun. It's fun. Like doing consulting for like TV shows when they're like, well, this is what happens to a rape survivor. And I'm like, no, it's not. We don't, what? who? I mean, for some, cool, but like, let's be honest. Most of the time, those of us that have been raped, it's by someone we know. Mm. Like, let's have, you know, what does that look like? why don't people report? Let's have an honest conversation about this. They're like, well, then they would go to the police. And I'm like, most people are not going to the police. Let's. Right. <laughs> so they're like, what? That's what people do. And I'm like, no, it's not. And let's talk about why not. So getting to do that. I also think the reason that I want to do this stuff, the back end stuff for me is the way that we can help survivors. Mm. If we can train other people and train is a rough word, but I'll take it. If tr- if we can train other people how to show up for us, or have someone else train them to show up for us, that allows us to move forward easier, at ease, because it is all information. Even survivors, we don't have all the information. I remember when I was first raped, I was like, "Well, I just feel like I can't tell anyone. I just feel like people would blame me." And you know, not understanding, unfortunately, how big this community was at the time. Mm-hmm. I always say it's the. It's the club that a lot of us are in that no one wanted to join. That's so
0: interesting that you say that because the way that I was just thinking that thought without those words, but that <laughs> that is what I was just thinking of kind of like, yeah, I can understand why people would be hesitant to talk about it or to share that with other folks because like, why would you want that to be a part of your story? Like no one yeah. would want to claim that if it, at the time feels easier to just say like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to keep on going Um, because there's a lot of baggage that comes with those kinds of labels and like a lot of expectations. And, you know, as you said, you know, everyone thinks that people who have experienced rape and or sexual assault are just constantly sad. And for some people, maybe that is really impacting them. And for, and it
1: happens to so many people that the world would stop if that was the reality. If you would think because there's so many people that society would be nicer but they're not. You would
0: think, I think like, yeah, like there's, there's so many power dynamics and like so much that goes into it. And that's why it's tough for me as a sex educator. I wish that it was just like, just teach everyone consent education and it could be fine. And like, that's a start, (laughs) but it's definitely not the whole picture. And there are so many other cultural and, you know, Other kinds of societal, interpersonal factors that are at play that like need to change in order for those statistics and experiences to change.
1: And I don't know if it will fully ever change. You, which is the sad and scary part. No, I'm not. But (laughs) I'm not. Am I hopeful that there's going to be something? Yeah. Like we all thought, me too, was going to change things Mm. a bit. Honestly, a, a bit. Right. Like, yeah. I've had conversations with Toronto, and I'm like, I don't, how, how did we get here? And she's like, well, we can only do so much basically, you know, like we are doing our best as people that work with people that are survivors. And I do believe that it is patriarchal bullshit. The country was stolen by cishet white men and who was running the country, Cishet white men, who are most of the people in charge? Cishet white men. When people say the system is broken, I'm like, oh, honey, it's, it's not. It's like that. It's working really well. Mm-hmm. If Brock Turner can assault someone, have visual, have witnesses, and they go, well, we don't want his future to be ruined. What does that tell survivors? So that's why people won't come forward. Because the shame and the dragging of now we have social media. Like I'm so glad we didn't have this much social media when I was younger, because no, but like it makes it seem so much scarier to even ask for help or to be like, this person harmed me because of X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, (laughs) I I feel well. well." (laughs) Well, I think that I mean that's part of it, though, right? Is just kind of being like, well, we're still figuring this out and like, we're doing literally the best version of what we think we can do. And like, we need levity. We need laughter. We need to have good moments in order for us to have the power and strength to like do the hard stuff. And so I think it's like, you know, there are so many good parts to like sex ed and like working with people and like getting to know people's stories and connection. And ultimately we want people to feel happy, healthy, autonomous in control of their bodies and minds. And mm-hmm. I think that is absolutely done in the
1: work that you're doing. So I I think that's awesome. I think we should, you know, really provide sex ed for everyone. Cause again, most of us didn't get it younger. They're like, well, the kids got, I'm like, what about the 40 year olds, the 30 year olds, the 50 and 60 year olds? Like I have, when I do teach, it is the gamut of ages. And like, for me, I go, oh shit. Like I have survivors that are in their sixties that have never told anyone. Yeah. Like, because they felt they couldn't, that is why I get out of bed. Right. Like to be able to show up and have conversations like, and the reason I also chose not to be a full therapist, one, cause they didn't talk enough about trauma and stuff. So I was turned off, but also because the ways that I want to connect with those that I do work with, if you want to smoke a little bit, smoke a little bit, let's have a conversation. You want to go for a walk. Like, I think that some people do better without that pressure. Let's take a pottery class together. Let's process why we do pottery. Mm. Like you want to go to a rage room? Let's smash some shit around. Like there's so many ways that people need to be able to release. And I think information, release, checking in, there's like a process, but you have to figure out your own process. You know, everyone doesn't want to go sit 10 days silently. Everyone in my life is like, absolutely not. But that's, that's for me. That works for me. Stretching works for me. Shaking my body works for me. Dancing, screaming, emo music. She's here. Watching wrestling. Like. Those are the things that worked for me. And so I really want people to just like take a step back and be like, what works for you? Like you're allowed, like what feels good for you? What doesn't? Like you don't have to do the same things your friends do. None of my friends like wrestling, except I did get one of my partners into it. And now she's a mess and I got to watch her. try to get too close to the ring now. <laughs> but it's like, you're allowed to have your own thoughts and your feelings and figure out what works for you. You don't have to just do shit off Instagram and TikTok because most people are, are not, they don't really know anything. But. They're not um, qualified. Yeah, I mean, that's not, really true. Not qualified. I've gone through and I'm like, what? Someone was like, you should do EMDR on yourself. And I was like, should not, <laughs> should <laughs> not. Please consult a professional in whatever capacity of the thing <laughs> you're trying to do. Yeah, have someone at least be there as a guide. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jim Nika, this is so fun. And I'm really glad that you were here today. And I wonder if you can share what's next for you and like where hmm. can folks who are listening
1: find you? That's such a fun question. I think I'm actually in a figuring it out space. Like I'm, I feel like a lot of the things I've been doing are closing. Like I feel like there's doors opening and doors closing. Trauma Queen's coming back next year. She's been on hiatus, but she's coming back with a little revamp. I'm going to get to start working within professional wrestling oh my uh, in a okay. mental health capacity. My friend's like, you're going to wrestle? And I was like,
0: hmm. no,
1: why <laughs> would I start at this age? I mean, yeah. And, you know, doing one-to-one work with people is really interesting and fun for me. I normally do a 12-week program. I'm actually going to see how I feel about doing one-offs with people. I'm going to do a little trial writing speaking, I kind of am getting away from the idea of teaching. Mm. I just, I'm tired of the idea of like talking at people versus talking to people. So more of like conversations, podcasts, maybe writing some more. So it's kind of open-ended. Hell, yesterday I was talking about the idea of like what I felt love was like and how we are seeking love, but like, what are we actually seeking? And so my brain is busy and consulting on projects. And I'm excited to see what comes next, honestly. And then Jimonika on every social media. That's it. I, if you can spell it, you can find me. Yeah.
0: I, I dare you try. No, no, we can spell it for do it, people. Do it. Sh- sh- nine sh- letters.
1: You can oh, do it. I okay. believe then, in you.
0: Then we'll just let them figure out that puzzle. <laughs> um, thank you, Jimonika, for being on. Uh, once again, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And yeah, I just like love my chat with you. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. This is fun.
0: Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our co-producer is Brian Peoples. Our social media intern is Sarah Kelly. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.